In this segment, JPR's Vanessa Finney shines a light on midlife reinventions in her new segment, My Better Half. I'm Vanessa Finney, and it's time for our new segment, My Better Half. With career changes and second acts becoming more common, this show shines a light on people going through midlife reinventions or who are otherwise thriving in the second half of their lives. My guest today was in her late 50s when she began turning back to a favorite pastime from youth, and she now has a flourishing career in it as a painter and art teacher. Pam Hanschild, welcome. Thank you, Vanessa. Glad to be here. So you're a professional artist now after a long career in another field, and we'll get to that in a moment. Tell me first about your early experience with art and what form and what age you started. Was it your first love? Well, I um, I would say I was about eight years old, and I just started drawing horses. And I, I just kept at drawing them until they started to actually look like horses, which took a little while. Um, and then I... Uh, I just continued with drawing skills, uh, honing drawing skills with various subjects and things like that. And, um, so, yeah, that was that was my uh, first experience, and uh, it was really my only love. The only thing that I could do art-wise was drawing at the time. And so the natural expectation would be that you would follow that into college and make that your major. But what happened with you? Yeah, well, I actually did have a, a scholarship to study in art school, um, my parents did not want me to do that, especially my mother. Um, my father wanted me to get a degree in business, um, and I was a very obedient child, and I got a uh, degree in finance. So, yeah, I did not uh, study it in, uh, in college at that time. And did that lead you into your career? Yeah, I actually had uh, kind of two different careers. Uh, the, the degree in finance uh, kind of naturally led to a career in banking. So I worked in banking for about 10 years right out of college. Uh, and then 10 years in, I decided I wanted to uh, go into academia. Um, and so I uh, went back to school and I got a PhD in organizational theory from Carnegie Mellon University. And then from there, um, uh, I got a job as professor at the Stanford Business School and was there for about nine years and then moved from there to the University of Texas, Austin, for another eight, and retired from there uh, as an emeritus professor. I guess emerita is correct. Uh, and I retired in 2011. I taught a lot of uh, MBA and executive MBA programs there. So you spent your most of your entire adult life in uh, these careers in finance and academia. Did you find yourself missing drawing? Did you ever make time for it? Or was it hard to get into that creative mind space? You know, I can't say that I really missed it. I, I do remember doing a few drawings, but not very many. Um, I, I more found it just really hard to do. My career felt so different. My, you know, business and academic careers were so different. I just didn't have the time or the energy or the mind space for it. You know, and any time or energy I did have kind of went into my academic research. Um, but looking back at it, I, I, I was very creative in the academic environment as well. It was just a, it just took a different form. Uh, so like, for example, I picked a dissertation topic that was very different from what every, everybody else was doing. And that creativity actually served me very well in academia. And what was the turning point for you? Uh, well, I retired from academia in 2011, really not knowing what I was going to do with my life. Um, I knew where I was going to live because my husband and I had bought a vacation home on Mount Ashland back in 1999. 
and we love it here and figured that we'd end up being here permanently uh, someday. But I was relatively concerned about fun, finding something that I could devote myself to that I would enjoy. Um, and I went ahead and I retired and took the leap anyway. And being a researcher at the time, I, I did a lot of research. I read a lot of books about retirement, but I have to say they were not all that helpful because at least at the time, I think maybe it's different now, but at the time, those books were mostly focused on the financial aspects of retirement and not the, you know, what are you going to do with yourself kind of aspects. Hmm. Um, so I ended up continuing some academic work for a while. I taught a few courses overseas. I taught decision-making classes for Ali at SOU, um, and I chaired the curriculum committee there. I was on the Rogue Valley Symphony Board, a couple of other nonprofit boards. I volunteered for wildlife images. Uh, so I was doing things. Um, but the big turning point for me came uh, when I was, I was down in Carmel uh, spending a month there back in 2012 and just kind of looking around for something to do. And I saw uh, an advertisement for a printmaking workshop at one of the art centers that they have there. Carmel has a really nice uh, art community. And I took it, and I really enjoyed it. And I think it made me feel like I had returned to something that I really loved, and I wanted to do more of it. And so that was really the start of doing art full-time for me. I did I did a fair, I did some printmaking. You know, I, worked, um, I took some more classes, and I did printmaking. Actually, at the Ashland Art Center, they had a nice printmaking facility there. Um, but I also did a lot of other experimenting with different media. You know, I did some handmade books. I made some cards. I did some fiber work. Um, and then in 2013, I decided to take some more formal classes, courses, classes at Rogue Community College and then work at art uh, full time in that respect. And so I took a class on design, um, what makes good design in art, you know, and it had drawing and painting as part of the class. I had a design professor who was a wonderful woman who was also teaching watercolor. And I was, she encouraged me to take her watercolor class, and I hesitated um, because I'd heard that watercolor was difficult. But I ended up taking three semesters of watercolor classes, and I just loved it. And then later on, I switched to uh, acrylics. Ah, you surprised yourself. It sounded like you were sort of going through a fun exploration phase. Exactly. Yes, I did a lot of different things. And I, I think that's very helpful, you know, in terms of deciding what it is that you really like, what fits you the best. You have to kind of try a lot of different things. You're listening to My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Vanessa Finney. My guest today is Pam Hanschild, who was in her 50s when she began turning back to a favorite pastime from youth and now has a flourishing art career. I'm curious how you felt during this change. Um, you know, when you first started participating, did it feel like something was kind of bubbling up or reawakening? Did you have any regrets for setting aside art for so long, or did it just feel like you were coming back to an old friend? How did you feel? You know, I, I did feel like I was returning to something I really loved, and I wanted to do more. I don't think I had regrets, because um, I'd already had two careers that I enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed academia more than banking, but still, um, you know, I, I think I knew that I was not going to be just a one career or one serious interest kind of person. And I, I felt and I still feel young and kind of able to make a contribution as an artist. So I, I, I think I was more philosophical about it. I, I don't think I regretted it, but I did, I think, recognize that this was something 
that I loved. And I remembered, of course, my days, my early days drawing and enjoying that. Yeah, I think that's something important maybe for some listeners to hear, because sometimes people can be filled with regret or have those um, what if thoughts that kind of haunt you. But truth be told, you don't really know what that path where that path would have led if you had gone straight into art school or or chosen that major. And in some ways, um, maybe your your business academic career fed in. It might have developed skills that are helping you now. Yeah, I think that's right. I think a couple of things that are helpful for me now and probably would be helpful for anybody who's doing a a later in life career change is that, you know, you you have more experience and more ability to work through problems when things aren't going so well. Whether mm. so, for me in art, you know, it, it might be a setback, you know, not getting some position I wanted or not getting into competition I wanted or something like that. Sometimes it's in a single painting, though. Frankly, I it, all my paintings go through what I call an icky phase. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists have have the same experience, um, and you just kind of got to stick it out and you know stick to it and you know resist that urge to just throw it away. Some tenacity. And, yeah. And then I think there are a couple of other things, too. I, I can't say everyone would feel this, but I, I personally do feel more creative energy now in the sense that um, I'm not a representational painter. I, I have to work in my paintings to kind of see things that are not there. I paint subjects, um, you know, with kind of wild colors sometimes. Mm-hmm. I find that easier to do now than when I was younger. In fact, I didn't do it at all when I was younger. You know, drawing, I was drawing exactly what I saw, you know, horses or whatever it was I was drawing. But now I I do it, and I've made that switch pretty much from the beginning into this more experimental kind of painting. This is My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Vanessa Finney, and I'm talking with Pam Hanschild about her thriving third act. Talk more about that. What What is it about the idea of practicing your art in your 60s that, that you feel you have more freedom to do that, to be a more visionary painter? Or how's that playing out? Yeah, I, I think that's right, because I, um, well, I'm fortunate, uh, you know, I make money at my art, but I don't have to make a living from it. Uh, so, you know, there's freedom that comes with that. I can, I've, I don't feel like I have to be driven by what is marketable, although my stuff seems to be marketable, but still, I, it, it isn't my focus, constant focus. And I also have the freedom to be able to travel and to do residencies and things like that. And I think that's just uh, harder when you're younger and you have more obligations in a, in a certain location. So my residencies and things like that that I've done um, have been really opened my eyes to kind of experimenting and new ways of reflecting nature. That's basically what I do, is try to show people a different way to look at nature, and and hopefully they'll appreciate it in kind of a new and different way. It's a good time to ask you about the current art positions you hold in your gallery representation, at least locally, um, as well as those residencies. You've really had some interesting experiences. Yeah, those have been wonderful. Um, First galleries, I uh, so I'm at Art and Soul Gallery, which is on Main Street right in Ashland. Uh, I've been there for about seven years now. Uh, I'm in Second Street Gallery, which is in Bandon, and I do a lot of uh, uh, ocean-focused work, seascapes, things like that, and that's mostly the work that I have there. I have some, a couple pieces in Crooked Mile Gallery, which is a fairly new gallery up in Phoenix, Oregon, and I have uh, work now at uh, the Mendocino Art Center Gallery down in Mendocino. California. 
the residencies, though, those were really fun. And I, the first one I did was in 2015, so that um, that was pretty early on. Um, and I did three national parks. So Lassen National Park was the first one. That was in 2015. Then I did Glacier National Park. And then I did Lake Clark National Park, which is in Alaska. And um, <laughs> a lot of people have not heard of Lake Clark, uh, probably because the only way to get in there is through uh, to come in by float plane. Yeah. <laughs> what an adventure, an artistic adventure. Yeah, yeah. And then actually I just finished up a position as a professional artist in retreat at the Mendocino Arts Center. That was uh, a lot of fun. I taught a couple workshops, but I mainly just spent the month there painting the ocean. Lovely. Now, you teach workshops. Do you see many older students in your workshops, and do you have a special affinity for them or a certain way of encouraging them? Yeah, I I have lots of people in my uh, workshops and classes who are kind of trying out, who are older. Um, most of them, I would say, are, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s even, maybe even older. Uh, and a lot of them are trying out the idea of being an artist. And in fact, uh, I have a friend in Medford who got an art degree in her 20s and never used it. And she's now in her 60s and she drove all the way to Mendocino to take my class mm. and is actively exploring the possibility of returning uh, to art. Um, but, you know, outside of art, too, there are a lot of people, you know, and this is what your show is about, who are thinking about or are actively trying to do something different. My sister, actually, who lives um, outside of Grants Pass, took up poetry in her 70s. And, you know, she's been published and she's been asked to read her poetry at various places and things like that. And she's, she's having a wonderful time. You know, it just really is never too late for these kinds of things. Indeed. And you're a wonderful example of going back and uh, picking up an old path with uh, a newer, mature self and new skills. So thank yeah. you for sharing your journey. Any last thoughts of encouragement on so-called late bloomers or people who are taking that leap of faith? Right. Yes. Yeah, I think I think when I was young, you know, I thought I would only have one career, one path that I would follow. And I actually had three. You know, we're all living longer. Um, you know, our interests change over our long lifespans. Uh, changing jobs and careers doesn't have the stigma that it did, you know, certainly back in the 70s and maybe even the 80s. It never is too late. You know, there, there's this old saying, you know, it takes some period of time, like three to five years to train to pick up a new skill. You know, and people say, well, I'll be old then. You know, I'll be 70 years old. Well, you know, how old will you be in three to five years if you, if you don't do that? You're still going to be 70. Yes, I've always loved that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Pam Hanschild, it's been wonderful talking with you, and uh, best of luck with your continued success. Yeah, thank you, Vanessa. It's been a pleasure.